there are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can light up your funnels. Let's go. This is Performance Marketing Insiders. I'm Chris Mechanic. Join me as we go deep into the secrets of the world's elite marketing minds. Performance Marketing Insiders is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your main man, Chris Mechanic. Really, really excited uh, to speak with our guest today who is is uh, amazing in many, many ways. She's a data-driven marketer through and through, tons of experience running teams and launching products within high-growth B2B SaaS companies to the tune of Tala, Datto, HubSpot. She's uh, ex-HubSpot, super-duper um, strong uh, resume there, and also just super passionate about uh, understanding customers, uh, and and basically how to use marketing to persuade, to delight, to uh, entertain and educate. Uh, currently, she's CMO at Link Squares, Juliet Kopecki. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm super excited to have you. I was having fun in the uh, and during our prep call, and I think that your topic is uh, is just amazing. So you want to jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. Marketing is definitely a topic I love talking about, so I'm excited. I know. I asked you, I was like, well, what made you want to do the pod? And you were basically just like, I like talking about marketing. <laughs> I mean, I think there's always that so answer. to talk about there, and it's a field that's evolving constantly, and there's always yeah. new things to learn, new things to do. So um, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And you have, uh, we're all about secrets here, as you know, I'm sure you have many and I'm really excited to be picking your brain. Um, but why don't we start with your one big one? Like, what do you attribute as one of your best kept, uh, secrets for marketing success? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's always an interesting, it's an interesting question. Cause in some ways, even with like the intro you gave me, it might seem like a really obvious answer here, but I think that one of the real like secrets to my success. I mean, I'm the first one to admit that I have a little bit of a non-traditional marketing background. Yeah. Um, I actually started out my early career uh, working in finance, um, went back to school. I went to business school at MIT Sloan um, and kind of did a complete like 180 with my career. After that, like I joined HubSpot and actually while I was at HubSpot, I worked in sales I worked on the product team before uh, joining the marketing team and really growing my marketing career from there. And I think that one of my secrets that have made that has made me really successful as a marketer is having that really like varied experience. Like I've worked in finance. I definitely like know how to run a budget. Like I understand, um, you know, how to manage like finances and what like my CFO cares about. I've worked in sales. I know what it's like to be an account exec, to get on the phone and to sell. I've worked on the product side. I know what it takes like to build a product and to work with product management and scope out use cases and understand more about like what a customer needs and how they want to use the product before eventually joining marketing. And I think like a secret to my own success has been like that career tra trajectory in terms of understanding those other parts of the business. And so when I think about marketing, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that marketing shouldn't and can't exist in a background, uh, in a vacuum. Like it can't just be marketing for the sake of marketing. It has to be marketing 
to power the business and to drive revenue. And that's why also like partially why I think like your show, I was really drawn to it. Um, One of the things that I always focus on is like, how does marketing impact the bottom line for our business? And I think having that understanding of different areas of like how a business runs, like makes marketing all the more powerful. I totally agree with you. And I think that uh, the best marketers in the world are probably really good business people. They just have very strong business acumen. They may have run businesses before or like you just had like a varied uh, experience. You ask different questions at that level, you know, like there's a lot of marketers even today, which they'll be, you know, buying ads or doing whatever it is that they're doing, generating leads and not even asking like, are these are these turning into demos? Are these, you know, are these meetings happening? Was anybody buying? Exactly. Um, And I think having that varied experience makes those like obvious questions for you. Yeah. And I think for me then, you know, it's, it's like having that sort of different perspective of marketing. Absolutely. Everything that you said, where it's not just about leads or traffic to our website, but it's, it's that revenue at the end of the day. And how is marketing helping support complement and also drive new business. And, you know, I think one of the really like instrumental parts of even, even my career, I think having had that experience, like in sales, getting on the phone, talking to prospects, like understanding how to pitch and even understanding, you know, what is it like to sit in that seat um, and thinking about how does marketing, how does, how does what we do in marketing, like make that salesperson's job easier. And I think for me, like having worked on the product side of things, like understanding, you know, why we're building a product or how um, customers and prospects and people in our market, like our target audience are thinking about their job and what they want to do and how much of it informs like messaging and positioning. And I think having sort of like uh, some of that intellectual curiosity Um, is something that has, has served me well. And something when I look at, um, like bringing marketers onto my team, something that very much so I I look for, it's not enough just to, let's say like do marketing, but you have to understand those different parts of the business. You have to understand, you know, how the product works, like how different teams within the organization work and all of those things combined are going to make you a better and stronger marketer at the end of the day is my belief. Well, I love that you have a sales background because I think that uh, being in sales helps you to understand the business, you know, because you see the revenue side, you see customer onboarding, you see churn, you know, you see all these things. Um, But one thing you said during pre-call, which I loved when I was like, what's your secret? You were like, get on the phone and sell a deal, sell a deal to a prospect. Like I'm not like, and you, you were saying, I'm not scared to do that. Um, I actually love, I mean, like I, that was such, I think, um, such just almost like an inflection point of my career and such a critical skill. I think that I learned in sales, like one, I mean, uh, don't get like sales is incredibly hard. It's probably like one of the hardest jobs that I've ever had. And I have so much respect, uh, for salespeople, for our sales team at Link Squares and what they do day in and day out. Um, And I think for me, it's also having done that job and having that understanding, but also that skill set has certainly like served me well, like in other parts of my career, whether it's negotiating like a job offer, whether it's selling an idea that I have or trying to get people on board and like convince them and some of the persuasion tactics. It's even things like 
you know, how do you ask for a deal? I think that sometimes that can be really hard for people to say, yeah. like, you might get to the finish line and you're kind of like 95% there and you just, you have to ask for the deal and sell, yeah. right? And close yeah. it. And um, I think those are skills that I've taken with me throughout my my career. And I actually love it. Like now as it being like a CMO, I love it when my sales team asks me to help them with a deal, whether it's yeah. maybe like a contact or a connection that I have. And I'm like, awesome. Like You're I want to like, jump on a demo. Let ask. me help you. What do you need? Like, yeah. you know, it's like not just about like how can the marketing team support you with whether it's like content or like other things like that, or like resources or collateral, but I'm like, yes, let me join the call. I want to help you sell and I want to help you close the deal. I think there's kind of like nothing more satisfying than that as a marketer to know that you had that direct of an impact. Yeah. Do you have like a a go-to line or a talk track that you used to use for asking for the deal? You know, I... I don't, but what the, like, I, cause I think it's like not a one size fits all, right? Because I think part of it is it can't just be about you selling, right? I think so much about being an effective salesperson is also about listening to really understanding, like, what are the needs of the prospect? Like, what are their challenges? What are they trying to accomplish? Um, and being that good listener. And I think that's incredibly hard sometimes, especially when you have like that natural excitement for like what you do and what you're selling. And you kind of want to just almost like word vomit, like just yeah. everything about the product and every single feature and functionality yeah. and cool thing that's like happening there. Um, but I think that listening part is really important. And I think if you've listened throughout um, the process and really understand it, part of closing the deal is, is some of that almost like reiteration of like, Hey, I've, I've heard you. I understand your challenges, what you're trying to accomplish, what you're looking for, you know, this product or solution to do. I have, you know, an understanding of like our product and what we have, and there's a fit there, you know, it's like, are are you ready to move forward with that? Do you have more questions? Um, But I think you can't close a deal unless you have that understanding first. Yeah. I just beg. I'm like, please, please. <laughs> I need to hit my quota. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes like a little of that like can work. Um, I think it probably depends. Some of that depends on how good of a relationship yeah. that you've built with that prospect, right? Are they kind of yeah. like sympathetic to your begging or not? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, but yeah, I, I loved that a thought of, Hey, get on the, get on the phone and pitch a deal to a prospect. I think that would be amazing, an amazing activity for any CMO or any marketer really that has not ever done that. Um, at least to listen to the sales calls at the very least. But I think the idea of pitching it is smart, but it's also a metaphor for what you were saying before in a way, uh, in that, you were basically saying your secret was that you came up in this diverse way. So like get on the phone and pitch a deal, Mr. CMO is kind of a metaphor for like, do do the jobs of the other people to the extent that you can, or at least spend time with the other groups and the other people so that you have an intimate understanding of, you know, what they're doing, what they're thinking about, what their skills are and how, 
you know, you might be able to, um, to work together. I am certainly not um, giving the advice for every CMO to be like, okay, restart your career, <laughs> go take a sales job, then okay. go work in product and then come back to marketing. Right. But I think that's been a secret from my career. And I think the takeaway is exactly what you're saying, right? Like, what are the ways that you can listen, that you can understand, that you can, um, understand for, for your teammates, like what are the challenges? How can like marketing, how can marketing work as like a collaboration uh, with different people across the organization? And there's a lot of, um, you know, I think it, it can probably sound like a little bit daunting to be like, okay, get on the phone and like pitch a prospect. Right. But there's a lot of low stakes ways to do it. Um, even something like there's so many sales tools out there. Like we use Gong at, uh, Link Squares and there's ways that you can role play. You know, you can listen to a prospect call, you can stop it and you can say, okay, well, what would you say next? Or what would be the yeah. question that you would ask? Um, there's also tons of opportunities. Like I know, for example, I'm super excited. We have, um, a big event coming up in a couple of weeks. It's an annual event an annual industry event that we exhibit at uh, called Clock. It's the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium. And they throw mm-hmm. a huge annual event in Vegas. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the booth. And it's such a great opportunity to meet with like our key target audience and to do that sort of like light pitching, you know, where it's, hey, have you heard of Link Squares before? And if the answer is is no, it's like, you know, let me give you like the one line about Link Squares. Let me tell you a little bit about us and our AI powered contract lifecycle management uh, solution. You know, what are you using right now? And to get some of that even immediate feedback when you're having that like face-to-face conversation on like the showroom floor, like you can kind of like really easily like iterate and test out like what kind of works, what doesn't, what resonates with people. Um, And so we actually have a number of people that go from the sales and the marketing side, because, you know, I really truly believe like there's a huge benefit for like everyone on the team. Absolutely. That's good advice too. get out there, man, that booth, pitch that deal. And and you could extrapolate that. You could say, save that customer. Like, go hang out with the CS team. Like, here's right. a, here's an angry customer. Right. Go save that account. And same thing, like, even listening. Like, I love even being on the floor where it's like, I can hear how our sales team pitches it. And, you know, we're going to send probably about 10 people from our sales team to this event. And even hearing, you know, how do 10 different people pitch it is just a ton of information that you get in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you for that uh, secret, Juliet. I've got a bunch of different um, follow-up questions, which I'm organizing in my mind right now. But uh, let's talk about link link squares a little bit. Yeah, would love to. Yeah, so you've been there a little while. Well, quite a while, four years, it looks like, per LinkedIn. Almost four years. Coming off of my four-year anniversary, which in startup time is like absolutely wild. It's like, I think like 15 years of experience. Um, when I yeah. first joined the company, um, I was actually, I was like the first marketer. I was the only marketer. So it was just me. Oh, um, wow. And now uh, the company was probably about 40 people at the time. And now we're over 400. Marketing team is 30 people. So wow. I'm incredibly proud of everything that that we've created like on the marketing side and that we've done as a company. It's been an incredible ride. That's awesome. How are you guys? Uh, well, congratulations, first off, to go from Thank you. a zero-person team to 30 is uh, certainly an achievement. Um, 
how are you guys structured or like, do you have, do you organize people by channels like Google ads and LinkedIn or more by certain functions or how, how do you, how do you yeah, structure so the, your team? The four different groups in marketing, we have um, our creative team. Uh, so we do a ton of videos. They do all of our visual design, company brand, company story. We've got our content team, which is um, like our eBooks, our blog articles. We actually uh, produce um, our own uh, video series. We have uh, like PR, social, email marketing falls under them. We've got demand gen, which is all of our paid acquisitions. So like Google AdWords, LinkedIn paid ads, Mm -hmm. Um, marketing ops falls under there. We've got um, a pretty large events team. Uh, We actually see like a huge ROI when it comes to events. So we do a big mix of like in-person virtual events. Um, And then we've got product marketing, which is all of our product feature launches, messaging, positioning, competitive intelligence, customer advocacy, um, all falls under product marketing. Wow. And that all rolls up to you. Yes. So you're a very busy lady. Yes, of course. But aren't we all? (laughs) I want to ask you a micro question, which is probably too detailed, but what, uh, what routines do you follow or like just in terms of management and in terms of alignment and just keeping the whole team together? Like, do you have any routines, like a daily, weekly, monthly sort of a rhythm of any sort um, or any specific types of meetings that you really enjoy? Yeah. I mean, I would say for me, like one of the most important things like across the team and across the organization um, that I focus on is so, so one, I will start out with saying that I am a very like I'm a very organized person. I love making a list. Um, I love even like organizing my calendar and making sure that it has like sort of that right structure for the week. Like every week I'll kind of set out and I'll take a look at my calendar and I'll say, you know, are these the meetings that like make sense for this week in terms of prioritization, even in terms of um, like we work hybrid, I'm in the office two days a week, you know, for meeting with people and catching up. Um, A big area of focus for me and where I think helping the team like work effectively is is communication, right? Communication, visibility, transparency. And so certainly I have, I would say like a very typical sort of like meeting cadence with the exec team meeting, with my senior leadership meeting. Um, But one of the things that's really important to me, and I think partially because like I built the marketing team from, from scratch, from the ground up, from when it was just me to the 30 people that we have today, like, and I'm very, very biased when it comes to this question, but like, I absolutely love every single person on the marketing team. Um, And I do skip level meetings um, throughout the entire team, because I mean, quite frankly, like, I love to hear about what people are working on. I love to learn about like them as people and about like their lives and also give them the opportunity, like, you know, I find with me, like, yes, I have like meeting overload hundred percent that sometimes it's now that we're not like hundred percent in the office there, when you're in the office, people will just ask the spontaneous questions because they see you in the hallway. Maybe they sit next to you. They're in a meeting and there's like that extra, like two minutes at the end or in the beginning. And people will ask like the questions that are maybe important to them, but aren't an urgent question. And I think yeah. when we moved to, you know, working remote, you kind of lost some of that spontaneity and questions. And so part of it for me with doing skip level meetings, you know, throughout like my entire team 
is to make sure that we have like that opportunity to catch up. And the things that are on like my team's mind, you know, at any level that they have the opportunity to ask questions, whether it's about the business, whether it's about um, strategy that we're working on, on the marketing side, whether it's, you know, things about our investors or the board meeting. Um, and that's really important to me and and something that I, that I love um, really doing with the team. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're a great, great leader and a great boss. I'd like to work for you. That's Do you have any, any other openings? <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope. We are actually hiring on the team, um, which I'm super excited about as well. Oh, it's cool. always exciting when we get to like get to grow the team. And it's been such a huge part of our story at Link Squares being that, you know, being that growth leader and, you know, taking the team. When I joined, we were a seed stage company and we raised a Series C, we've raised $160 million. Um, and it's super exciting to be a part of that journey. And I I love the pace of change and like growing the team and all the new things that we get to do all the time. That's awesome. So I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear about a win story or some, some kind of a cool campaign or just something that you're proud of um, that, that comes to mind. Is there, can you think of any like high impact or otherwise just like really cool campaigns or initiatives you've done? Yeah. You know, um, so one of the the things that I'll kind of like piggyback on your last question about, like one of the things that like, I think with being data-driven with, um, with also one thing that I really love to do that I almost wish that I had more time to do is, and I was just actually talking with a team member about this, is some of that reflection. You know, I think that the way that you get better is to really understand, like, what have you done in the past? And to, to understand, like, you know, what worked, what didn't work? What would we do differently if we did this again? What would we do the same? And so um, we have different touch points for that, whether it's like our monthly, we do, it's called the M4 meeting. It's the monthly marketing metrics meeting where every month after the month closes, we go through and we look at the results from the campaigns that we ran. Um, And it's a great touch point. And then every quarter after a board meeting, I run through uh, the slides with the team to give them that visibility from like the board meeting and what I present to the board. Um, And I love that there's kind of like those points of, reflection and sort of study into like, what have we done in the past? And sometimes it's kind of crazy where it's like, we just recently had our company board meeting and, you know, we're talking about Q1 and it's like, you know, three, four weeks later. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like Q1 seems like it was like a year ago because the pace at which we move and like the things that we do, there's always like new, exciting things that we're working on. It's like, that seems like it was last year. Um, But one campaign that we worked on recently is, um, so the Boston Celtics, they're a customer of ours, um, and we uh, have a partnership with them as well. That's been really phenomenal, fantastic. And we love when we have, we're based in Boston, and we love when we have Boston area customers as well. Um, And we did an event with them where uh, we invited, so we sell to general counsels, Uh, chief legal officers, in-house legal teams. Um, So we did an event at uh, the Garden where the Celtics play. And we invited um, a number of customers and prospects uh, to a talk that uh, James Parker, who is the GC of the Celtics, Mm -hmm. um, gave and one of our customers, Danielle Shear, in a talk and a panel. And it was just an amazing evening. Then we invited everyone to the game. um, And we actually had this really great advertising opportunity with the Celtics as well, where we had a 30-second 
ad spot on the Jumbotron. And so the weeks leading up to this, like the team, everyone on the marketing team had been basically working towards this event, um, whether it was uh, the actual event that we were hosting, the talk, the creative for like the video, being in the video, creating like the concept for it, like all of the design. Um, And we shot the video like in-house, like with the team, like we took a day for the video shoot. And that evening was just honestly phenomenal because it was this culmination of like weeks of work, the whole team pulling together and like those efforts, having this amazing event um, for prospects and customers that was really unique and really special that the feedback that we got after it was just like phenomenal. And then um, I brought the marketing team to the game and, you know, you're sitting there in the garden and you literally get to see like this ad spot that you created on the Jumbotron during the Celtics game. It was honestly, it was kind of like a surreal experience. That's awesome. I think it's like a marketing bucket list item, you know? Yeah. I'd love to see that ad spot. I would be happy to share it. Yeah. That'd be great. Cool. Well, it sounds like uh, you're doing a spectacular job and, and most things are going well. What's, what's challenging you? What keeps you up at night, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's um, so many things like, right. There's, there's a lot going on. And I think that for me, um, I, I love being a part of like a high growth startup, the rate of change, the things that we do in a given month, quarter, year, but, you know, it certainly like comes with its challenges, right? Like every single day, like every single week, quarter, like year is is different from the past. And so in some ways, when I think about like the company that I joined three and a half years ago, where it was a 40 person company, one person marketing team, just me, the challenges and like the company was almost a different company at that yeah. point in time than it is today. And so for me, the challenge is, constant in terms of figuring out like marketing strategy, but even like for me as like a marketing leader, if I'm being honest, like being able to up-level my ability and to be like the right leader and to think about strategy and the team and everything that we need to do, um, you know, and be a part of that journey and, and honestly, like grow my own career as quickly as like the company has, has grown. Um, and so those are the things that, you know, probably keep me up at night, you know, like what is the thing that we need to plan for, for the future, whether it's terms of like campaigns, whether it's in terms of the team, whether it's like new markets and areas that we're focused on um, from like a sales side, or we actually have a big product launch coming up um, in just a couple of weeks that we're going to announce at that event that I mentioned that happens in Vegas every year. And so there's always something new happening and there's always a new challenge and which I love, but I probably spend a lot of time thinking about um, the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I heard sort of somewhere in there, it sounds like you spent a lot of time thinking about how to continually up-level yourself. Definitely. Definitely. I think you have to, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, absolutely. Cause, uh, especially in a, in a world where like you're new into a role, which you're not at this point, but in a world where things change really fast, I think definitely like keeping up to date and up leveling uh, thyself is incredibly important. What do you do? How do you do that? The up leveling part, do you like read or have a mentor or something that you? Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of of all those things. I consider myself like very fortunate to have 
worked at HubSpot. And honestly, especially in those early days where a lot of the people probably a similar career trajectory as like myself, where, you know, we worked together maybe in like that 2010, 11, 12 timeframe. And now many of them are VPs of marketing or CMOs. And I have this like great group of like marketing leaders that like I lean on for, for mentorship, for new ideas, for things to do, um, on the marketing side. So definitely that's like a big piece of it. And I think like seeking advice and, and being open to advice, um, there are different, uh, groups that, that I'm also a part of that I'm excited about, like to be able to gather like marketing information and like expand my network. Um, one of the things that I also do in addition to being like a CMO is, um, I'm an angel investor. I'm a limited partner in stage two capital, which has been really exciting as well. And even helping others on like their early like marketing journey, um, mm-hmm. has been really exciting. And then even just like working really closely and keeping the lines of communication open with, you know, people on the LinkSquare side, whether that's my own team or whether that's the executive team or, you know, more broadly within the organization, all of those things, I think, help me become a better, better marketer and better understand the business and the challenges and how like marketing um, can better serve the company. Yeah, absolutely. What are your big priorities like in the near term? that you're working on for the rest of this quarter and next? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I would say uh, has always been a big priority and like will continue to be a big priority is really like content marketing um, for us. Like how do we continue to create educational, thoughtful, valuable marketing uh, for for our target audience? Um, And I think we've seen a lot of evolution in terms of like, content that people are seeking, the different ways that people like to consume information. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that's through like videos, whether that's through written content, whether it's through things like a podcast, we're always kind of trying to push the envelope there and expand like the reach that we have. And we're going to continue to invest there. Yeah. Or chat bot. Yeah. (laughs) I've got to ask, are you guys doing much with uh, ChatGPT? We are definitely. I mean, I would say, um, you know, for Link Squares, for us, I mean, we are an AI company. And so I would say inherent to the DNA of our company, like we are always, you know, trying to be at the forefront of AI. And so I would say from like a product standpoint, it's definitely like an area that we are paying attention to and researching. I would say on the marketing side, um, we definitely use chat, like chat GPT tools and generative AI and things like that, even for like the marketing that we do. So, so yes, probably on two fronts. Yeah. Have you found it to be useful in terms of the content generation or has the content been like too robotic sounding or too generic sounding? I think that it has a hundred percent, um, been helpful. And I'll give a little plug for, um, uh, we use a tool called Jasper AI, Mm, um, and and have found it really beneficial and, and really enjoyed it. Um, and I would say it's one of these things, like, I think there's sometimes this misconception about like AI in general, like AI isn't going to, or at least it's not in the point like right now to replace the work that humans do. Right. A hundred percent. And so I think that there's always that, that combination of it. I think that AI can certainly help like streamline tasks that it can help take away some of the repetitive, like monotonous, like pieces of it. And maybe take something that would have taken you an hour to do. Like maybe it can get you 80% of the way there in a couple of minutes 
but it's not as if it's just like a rinse and repeat, like just set it and forget it kind of thing. And it's even like a philosophy for our own product. Like we have an AI product that helps like extract data and information from contracts, but we also layer on a level of human QA onto it, on top of it, because, Mm -hmm. um, and having to have like that level of accuracy. And it's something that we see even like when we use like generative AI for like content, it's not as if you push a button and you're just going to get something and you just post it. You're still going to take a look and make sure is it in, is it in the right voice? Is this the right tone? Is this the right term um, that's going to resonate with our audience? Yeah. Is this accurate? <laughs> exactly. Or is it a hallucination? Right. Exactly. Well, know that. Uh Sounds like a good thing to be focused on content marketing. I think, you know, certainly it is content really is like the currency, you know, it's like what every single channel, every single campaign, everything runs through. Um, so it sounds like that it sounds like you're hiring. Um, do you want to mention the specific role that you're hiring for? There could very yes. well be somebody listening. Yeah, so we're hiring uh, for two content roles. We're also hiring um, for an SEO role for also uh, like a digital marketing role focused on like paid ads. Um, Those are the four roles that we have open right now on the marketing team. All right. Well, if you're listening, definitely check it out, linksquares.com. Or connect with me Um, on LinkedIn. Always happy to chat. Yeah. Any other big priorities uh, that you're looking at this quarter or next? Just helping our sales team generate more revenue, right? Building that pipeline for them. Um, and, you know, it's something that we're always keeping track of, of like which marketing activities, like, you know, what works, like what can we improve on? Um, but yeah. really with, at the end of the day, like how are we helping our sales team generate revenue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always a huge uh a huge area of of opportunity. Well, in most cases, but it sounds like you guys probably are pretty well intertwined with your sales team, if I had to guess, given your background. I, I, you know, and that's something that um, I personally value a lot. So Steve Travellini, who is our CRO at Linksquares, him and I have a great relationship, a great partnership, a great way in which we work together. And I think part of the reason why it works is also not just that it's important for the two of us, but it's something that we we build and we instill on our team um, at all levels. Like how is demand gen working with sales leadership? How is our events team working with sales content? You know, and that happens also throughout the organization, um, whether that's our sales team, our product team. Um, you know, one of the benefits that we have is we have an amazing legal team. And so for us, it even gives us all this insight about like our key target customer, because that's essentially who we, they're our own best customer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Juliet, this has been a lot of fun. I'm cognizant of your time here. Um, I have more questions for you. I think I could go ad nauseum, but I know you probably have something right after this. Do you want to do the lightning round? Um, okay. I don't know if I've prepared for the lightning round. So this is a little bit of a surprise. It'll be easy. And don't worry if you mess up, we will take it out, but you won't. It'll be good. <laughs> You're not supposed right. to tell the listeners that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so question number one, if you were to start a side hustle, what side hustle would that be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think that for me, it would probably be something in the hospitality field. And I don't know exactly what that would be, whether it would be, okay, like I love 
you know, I think this ties back into like being super organized. Like I love like planning events. I love like bringing people together for like a gathering. Like I love like hosting and having friends over. Is there something in like event planning? Or I also like love to cook. Like when I have time, like I love to cook and I love to bake. Like, I don't know, like would I open a restaurant? I don't know. Yeah. Or like an event planning outfit, like a wedding planner almost. Just everything. Although weddings can be kind of crazy. So I don't know about that. Totally. Cool. I like it. Number two, top three books or authors or influencers that have made a big impact in your life. Um, I know that's a tough one too. That is like a tough one because I'm going to like just upfront admit like I I love to read. Uh, my mom uh, was a career librarian. I mean, like I remember as like a kid, like going to the library where you just come out with like a stack of like 20 books and I would just yeah. be reading all the time. And it's something that I wish that I had more time to do. Um, but I will be the first to admit that I am like really bad at like remembering books and like authors. Yeah, me too. Um, a, a recent, I, it's like, I, I am like fighting the urge to like pull up my phone and like pull up my Kindle, like just even to remember like some of the recent books that I read. One recent book that I read for fun that I really loved um, and like, I'm certainly cognizant. I'm like, okay, I should like be remembering like business books or like influential books in that area. But one book that I recently read for fun that I loved, it's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Mm. Just a really fun read, amazing character development. Um, And I kind of, you know, I think a lot of times like use books as, as kind of that like escape to like shut my brain off. Um, Yeah. And, and I just really loved it. That's cool. Yeah. I need to read more fiction. Many people have told me, they're like, you have to read fiction, man. I can't believe you don't read fiction. Um, so I'll check that out tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yes. It's, it's a wonderful book. Cool. And then finally, um, what do you do to avoid uh, getting burned out? Um, I think for me, uh, it's partially, you know, just even finding like work-life balance. Um, I've got two, I've got two young kids. Um, I've got a five-year-old and I've got a seven-year-old and just really purposefully like carving out time. It's like, I have work time, I have family time. And then even, you know, like with my husband, it's like finding time for like the two of us to do like date nights. And then we have family things that we do, like whether it's like going to the museum of science or something like that. And also like carving out time um, for friends. Um, And I think finding that balance is probably what prevents me from getting like burnt out and what probably like keeps me sane at the end of the day. That's brilliant. I love that. And uh, date night, that's another thing that I need to be better about. I know that's like my biggest advice for parents. Like if you don't have like a babysitter like that, you can, you know, use on a regular basis. I think that's like a a must have. Absolutely. Juliet. Well, this has been amazing. I loved it. Uh, For everyone listening, if you uh, learned something today or had a good laugh at any point, drop us a like or a thumbs up. Juliet, stay on the line just a second, but uh, let everybody know if they're uh, interested to learn more about you or Link Squares and potentially apply for one of those roles. Uh, what's the best way to do it? I would say connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message. Sweet. Easy enough. All right. Very good, Juliet. Well, thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at performancemarketinginsiders.com. This podcast is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the performance agency that makes you smarter, offering AI-driven search, 
paid social, analytics, and conversion rate optimization for financial services, health, B2B, and SaaS brands that know. Hey guys, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, you can get a performance marketing assessment for free. And this isn't some cookie cutter automated report. It lays out detailed, specific things you can do right now to unlock limitless growth and nirvana level personal satisfaction. To claim your free assessment, just go to performancemarketinginsiders.com slash audit and you'll have your customer report within just a few days.